You know, I've seen the texts that we've read this morning used to frighten, intimidate, and manipulate people into certain beliefs. At times, they've been used almost as a form of religious abuse. Um, we have in the Old Testament a jealous and angry God. Then we have foolish virgins in the New Testament who are refused entry into a wedding banquet. And we have Jesus coming back suddenly and without warning. And yet Paul says somehow we're supposed to comfort and encourage one another with these words. <clears throat> well, let's start with the story of the ten bridesmaids. Uh, Matthew is the only gospel that records this story. And uh, there is no detailed explanation like the kind Jesus usually provides. Uh, just an ominous sounding moral at the end of the, the parable where he says, Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Well, the plot of our story is simple. Uh, we have ten bridesmaids waiting to escort the groom to the wedding party, as was the custom. Now, some of them took their charge seriously by uh, preparing and taking extra oil for their lamps in case they ran out. Others, however, brought only the oil that was already in their lamp. So basically, uh, they just showed up. Now the groom uh, was held up, um, probably by the photographer, it doesn't say, but I'm guessing, and uh, all of the bridesmaids fell asleep. So when the groom finally does arrive, many of them had run out of oil and had to go down to the store and pick up some more. Meanwhile, though, the groom and the bridesmaids who had prepared ahead of time by bringing the extra oil, also known as the wise bridesmaids, uh, they all head down to the reception and have a fabulous party. And, and those who came late because they needed more oil were rather rudely turned away from the party by the groom himself. In no uncertain terms, he says, uh, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Um, growing up, this was a, a frightening parable for me. It seemed like these bridesmaids made one mistake and they're out. So I spent a lot of time wondering if I was doing the right things, if I was believing the right way, if I had prepared properly. I mean, what does that even look like? Well, frankly, I kind of gave up because it seemed like I would never know what was enough. But it turns out that the... Um, the harsh words of the groom are actually the good news of Jesus Christ. It's not about who was better prepared. The relationship the groom had with the wise bridesmaids didn't happen because of their preparation. Rather, their preparation was a result of the relationship they already had with the groom. I'm going to say that one more time. The relationship the groom had with the wise bridesmaids didn't happen because of their preparation. Rather, their preparation was a result of a relationship they already had with the groom. You know, they, uh, they prepared because they knew him. They prepared their lamps because he was, they knew he was able to delight, surprise, and astound. They prepared their lamps because they knew he was kind and generous, and he knew how to throw a party. They prepared their lamps 
because they knew their lives would be better by spending time with them. So that little bit of extra effort it took to uh, bring some extra oil, that was well worth it. Trimming the lamps was a response to the nature and character of the groom, not simply obedience to a role. You know, Jesus says at the very beginning of this story that this is about the kingdom of heaven, or as we like to call it around here, the kinship of heaven. And we like to use that term because of the relational nature of God in our lives and the interconnectedness we all have with one another and the interconnectedness we have with creation as well. In fact, God is so relational that the Bible indicates that relationship precedes our very existence. Um, let me see if I can tie this together a little bit. Um, so the rabbinic tradition teaches that even the creation story is about relationships. They say, why did God need to say out loud, let there be light, let there be plants, and let there be all this stuff? Why didn't he just do it? The rabbis teach that the creation story is a beautiful call and response narrative where God created the potential for all living things. And then he says, let there be light. And the universe responds by fully expressing the potential that God placed within it. And when it happens, God says, ooh, that's good. So the relationship not only precedes our existence, it defines it as well. And if we choose to do so, we can connect to this conversation God has been having with creation since its very inception. You know, God does the same thing within us by creating the potential to which we respond. And Jesus showed us both how to do this as human beings, and then he made it possible as well. He not only helps us hear God in our hearts, he helps us answer through the way we live our lives. And, and this is what Joshua was. Joshua was asking the people in the Old Testament passage we read today, when he was asking Israel, you know, are you sure you want to serve this God? <laughs> This is not like a God's you're used to, the ones where you have all the say and all of the control. This is not a God you pray to and, and make your sacrifices to and go about your little religious dance. No, uh, this is a living presence who is interactive and relational. This is a holy God, a divine experience who wants to be a part of our everyday life. In fact, this God jealously desires a place in our hearts where we can commune intimately and freely. This God expects, expects us to listen and respond because that's what you do in a relationship. So Joshua says, are you sure? Are you sure you want this? And the foolish bridesmaids say, you know, we prefer to go through the motions and play our role, but the kind of relationship you're describing sounds like it could get uncomfortable. You know, we might ask, actually be asked to do something when things are out of whack with God's way of love. 
we might actually be asked to stand up for our fellow human beings when they are mistreated. We might actually be asked to fight for the well-being of the earth. And we might be asked to give up something that we just don't feel like giving up. Ah, yeah, and uh, we don't want to be bothered. <laughs> Thank you very much. But the wise bridesmaids, they are in tune with this song of love. And they can't wait to respond by living their best lives and by lighting the way for others to do the same. So we might say that the kinship of heaven is like a group of women who knew what it meant to love. So they made the necessary sacrifices to usher it into the world. And then they celebrated with a fabulous party. Therefore, comfort and encourage one another with these words. <laughs>